welcome to Garage Night. I'm Randall. I'm Jeff. I'm Andy. And this is a podcast about automotive cars and everything that could be construed as such. Um, Jeff has our first story tonight. Uh, what do we What do we got coming on the horizon? Um, so I guess there is a three JZ Supra that's supposed to be on its way with like a thousand horsepower. A thousand horsepower? That's that's insane. Yeah, I, I, I'm guessing it's using the uh, BMW engine from the. Uh, I don't know if it's. I'm, well, I'm guessing it's based. It doesn't really say in this article if it was based on the old engine or not. But I'm not sure. Three JZ. I thought the the new engine had a different designation. So. Well, I mean, the the new engine it says it's a V8 with twin turbos versus the straight six. I'm not sure that's going to keep the purists happy. I mean, at least BMW's inline six was was the proper kind of setup. I mean, to get a thousand horsepower, I guess you got to do something like that. But yeah, interesting. Reading it might even possibly have a manual transmission. Yeah. That's a lot. Like nowadays you don't see manuals with a thousand horsepower, especially the 840 foot pounds of torque. That's yeah, pretty that's a heavy. lot. I, I think it'd be a, a dual clutch, but. But they say it's going to be over a hundred thousand dollars. Well, I'd, I mean, it'd have to be right. Like if they say here, it's going to compete with the C8. I mean, yeah. C8's what? 65,000. Starting starting as sixty is MSRP on the C eight, but that's also going to change for next year too. This is going to go up. Yeah, it's typical marketing kind of thing. Introductory year, you know, they offer at a certain well, price. I figured th- this will be like a like a they'll only make a few of these, right? Like a few hundred. This is going to be a pretty special variant. Uh, there's not going to be as many of them as the Corvettes. This will be like yeah, the, uh, not the very very special. Cars. I would assume. Looks yeah. like it's also going all-wheel drive instead of just rear. Well, again, a thousand horsepower. You gotta, you gotta split that up. Like we've been looking at all these hybrid supercars, you know. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Well, you know, when was this article posted? Uh, it's on Carbuzz, uh, first first of the month. First, of the, April first. Yeah. Hey, Jeff, did you check your sources I'm going to go with here? false. Well, Carbuzz, you know, being probably the most uh, most legitimate. This is why I don't do the news, guys. This is why I, I uh, you know, I find something interesting and then this happens. So, you know, I'm just going to stick Jeff, to old stuff. Jeff looked at something <laughs> newer than the rust under his own hood. And, of course, he comes up and he's fooled by a... Okay, so I'm going to go with uh, me Google 3JZ. There's no other stories. I'm going to say this is this is a bust. I'm going um, false as well. I don't see anything else. Good yeah, job, yeah, Jeff. Thanks, guys. You know, try to bring something to the table, you know. Try to make this uh, make this good. I think Jeff needs to stick to the patina juice. Patina I probably drink too much patina juice. All right, boys, from, from the top. Hello and welcome to Garage Night. I am Randall. <laughs> I'm Andy. No, you're not. 
<laughs> you guys are a-holes. False. Fake <laughs> news tonight, everybody. Stick stick to your carrying um, of uh, the ride segment and uh, leave the news <laughs> to us. <laughs> um, I've got something uh, that was posted um, on the 3rd of April, so I think it's worth talking about. That should be safe. Um, should be. So what I found here is a list of 14 vehicles with the longest running nameplates. Um, so what, uh, you guys want to give, give me three that you think's on this list each. And, uh, we'll, we'll see however many of these we can, we can catch. Okay. Andy, uh, let's, let's go back and forth here. So I'll start. I'm going to have to say the Beatles, since I know that that was first produced in like 33 or 36 and they're still making it. So I'm going to have to go with that. Is one of uh, my first. I'm I'm gonna go with probably the F one fifty. Ooh, F one fifty. I'm was gonna F one hundred originally. That's true, but I'll I'll give Jeff half a point because the Porsche nine eleven is on the list, but the Beetle is not. What? Uh, uh, all right, but the Ford the Ford F series is what they consider F series. Oh, so yeah, that's a little bit broader too. Yeah. yeah, but I mean um, it's the same idea. Like, yeah, series is is a is a thing. So sure, we'll give, we'll give Andy a point and Jeff half a point. Well, Celica is no longer produced. That's a Toyota. Um, trying to think of classic cars. Uh, uh, Mustang. Mustang. That's been around pretty much Probably. constantly. For, I mean, since the so, '60s, right? That's got to be around for. Quite a while. That's uh, I'm gonna go with. Point. I'm gonna that's go with Civic. Jeff. Did I win a point? Uh, you both get a point. <laughs> the hey. Civic arrived in 1973, and of course, the Mustang's been around since 64 and a half. Wow, um, we're not doing too bad. Um, all right. Um, I'm gonna go Camaro. Andy? Mm. I think what that came out in 67. Like three years after the Mustang. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Corvette. Corvette's a pretty old one as well, too. Well, since we're we're going by the official list, uh, Andy gets it uh, and Jeff does not. Corvette Cor- is on the right. list. Corvette 50s. You're right. 53. Yeah. Yeah. Dang it. And there was also a, a quiet period for like eight years on the Camaro. Yeah. Oh, there was. When was that? From like the, 2002 to 2010, right? The Terminator killed the Camaro for a couple of years, remember? Oh, you're right. Because the Terminator was just such a better vehicle in every way than the Camaro. Um that it just Chevy didn't want to I forgot that they had a gap in production there you're right okay we're far enough in I think I can give you guys uh, a a couple of brands to think about so there is a there's another Honda on the list and there's a Volkswagen on the list 
If it's not the Civic, then it's got to be the Accord. Point, point for Andy. Volkswagen on the list. You said mm-hmm. the only thing I could think of is the bus. The bus actually wasn't around as long as you think. Volkswagen, Volkswagen. Volkswagen would it be? The Golf was around in the eighties. Can't be that. Yeah, Golf's older than that, though, right? I thought the Golf started in the in the early eighties. Oh, I want to see older than that. Uh... Yeah, but I mean, if the Camaro's been around since, well, I guess Camaro had the gap in production, so I guess, yeah, I don't know. And the. Mm, Oh, man. This one's this one's a bit tricky because it was that car was sold in the U.S. under a different name. Under a different uh, in name in 1974. Of manufacturer. No, it was no, a Volkswagen, but the car was called something else until '85. Uh, so from '74 to '85 was a different name. Was it called the Fox? Oh. Oh, oh, I know this. Like, I had a coworker that had one of them. What's it called? What's it called? Old yellow boxy. No, no, no. You, you were on the right line with the fox. I can't think of the name, though. It's not the Passat. It's an animal. The fox chases the rabbit. 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 There it is. Really? Yep. So, so technically the Golf, because the Golf was sold as a Volkswagen Rabbit uh, in... Um, 1974 and it replaced the beetle so jeff you, you they may have produced that car for a long time but at least in the u.s we only got the beetle till 1974 and then it was replaced uh, by the volkswagen rabbit which they renamed the mark one golf uh in 1985 i guess i should have paid closer attention to u.s like yeah. sale nameplates because i think they produced the vote the beetle uh, as as original in other countries up through like the 2000s or something like that something crazy they, they they certainly did yeah yeah and south america i believe was the last right one. right uh there's a mercedes on this list that arrived in the early 70s no oh, i have no idea mm, right are we around. talking a specific are we talking about a, like a, a series or a specific car here a series yeah see, I, I don't even know mercedes series that well gotta, i mean gotta be the there's all sorts of letter series for Mercedes. I have no idea. Got to be the three series. It's BMW. No, I mean, sorry, 300D, 300E. Okay, since you guys have no idea the nomenclature at Mercedes, it is the Mercedes-Benz S-Class, which is their oh. seven series competitors, their full-size flagship. My buddy had uh, a 190D. And I never wanted There was a 300D for a while there. That's... That's all I know. Yeah, I never would have got that one. Yeah. It's too um, German for me. It's too German for me. <laughs> Ironically enough. So there's also a BMW on this list. Oh, it's got to be a 3 Series. Yes, sir. That, that loose. I mean, that's an easy one. Yep, because it was a successor to the 2002, and it's been around since then. Um, that's, that's Jeff's point on that one. He said it first. <laughs> uh, Nissan. Nissan? Mm-hmm. You guys should get these next. Are they doing the, is it is it the same thing? Is it is Z it a car? Z car. Yeah, it's 
you're going to go back like that, yeah, it's a Z. Yep, because you continue from the, the 240 through the 300ZX yeah. and the 350. Right. Around a long time. Yeah. How about a Toyota introduced in 1968? Celica? Hi, Corona. No. Um, there was a Toyota Corona. That was what I was joking. I was joking. <laughs> Toyota Corona. Um, it's got to be the Corolla because the Celica yes, is not. As I say, the Celica is no longer in production. The Corona was a short time. The Toyota Crown wasn't very, around very long. So it's got to be the Corolla. Yeah, and which uh, something I didn't know is Corolla is named after an ancient headdress. And that was a naming yeah. convention started by the Toyota Crown. So that's something I didn't, I didn't know. Interesting. Uh, Toyota also claims it's the best-selling nameplate ever which I could understand. I don't know, man. The F series is pretty close. It's gotta be. Mm. That's, that's very true. If you consider all of them. Yeah, that would probably take it. I mean, um, you got Mustang. Uh, Jeff got the Porsche 911 with beetle. Um, I'll, I'll go. I love your constant that. digs at 911 owners everywhere. <laughs> you got it. You got it right. The Porsche Carrera beetle. Same thing. Same thing. Um, so uh, another one you guys wouldn't get, uh, Mercedes-Benz SL. Uh, that's back to uh, the Gullwing 300 SLs. Yeah, I wouldn't that, have got that either. That's from the 50s. You know. I guess, yeah, they had the 450 SL there for a while. and um, I didn't know that was constant running all the way through, though. Okay, so there's two bigger vehicles. There's a Toyota and a Chevrolet. Or like SUV vehicles? Yeah. Mm. Land Cruiser. Yeah, it's got to be a Land Cruiser. Land Cruiser been around forever. Yep, Land Cruiser. And, and one Chevy. big Chevy. Blazer? They don't make Blazer, do they? Well, they do now, but they had a gap in production for a while. No, it's got to be... Suburban. Yeah, yep. it's got to be Suburban. Suburban. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Yeah. Points to Jeff. And uh, we'll do a shout out to whichever uh, sharp listener emails in and, and tells me what their scores were because I was not paying attention. Yeah, no, I, I lost. But <laughs> we could just say I would, you know. I'm good we could. It'd probably be a lie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nobody would believe it after today's episode. It's, <laughs> um, I need a win right now, guys. <laughs> I Don't screwed up the news already. I need a win here. Uh, three, we threw Jeff under the bus, but we all we all fell for that uh, story before we recorded. I'll I'll open the veil on that one, um, but I'm happy to say that he probably lost whatever game we just did. <laughs> uh, regardless of numbers, numbers can lie. Um, all right, uh, just take the, let's uh, see statistics class. Numbers can lie. Oh. Uh, away from politics, let's move. <laughs> was that politics? That was not politics. That was college. Come on. That was a, that was loose. <laughs> uh, let's move to Mexico, or at least Mexico. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna veto you on that real quick. <laughs> hey, <look. laughs> I'm good here. That's You're the, the closest to has... Mexico. You wanted to it's... go there. You moved to Texas. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to be timely, uh, Mexico has 
uh, both more and less Corona than the U.S. at the moment. They stopped <laughs> production of regular Corona. Well, that's a that's a good idea. Um, no, it is. That's sad. I need more. Apocalypse, man. You need your your apocalypse juice. Right. I have my patina juice. You guys need the apocalypse juice. Well, I'm sure they needed that production space um, for the 2021 Ford Bronco Sport because I will get my Segway. Uh, <laughs> you were working really hard on that Segway to get that in here. Right, despite all the pushback. You know, they really could have just not produced the Bronco Sport and, you know, just kind of forgot it. Yeah, but they want to make money more than they want to please the guy who will never buy anything newer than his own age. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. But I can critique the hell out of him. <laughs> and, and anybody that's actually interested won't listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. I might be in that camp. I don't know. I'll see uh, more about it as we as we get this information. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I'm curious since the headline says three cylinder engine, so really now, staying there's... true to that Bronco nature with a three cylinder. Well. <laughs> You, 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 Jeff is you just determined to kill it with fire. Uh, yeah. Can we buy one so I can burn it down? Oh, if you've got that kind of money, I will help. Mm-hmm. So they're saying that the standard engine uh, is going to likely be the 180 horsepower turbo three cylinder. It's a one and a half liter. And then you can upgrade to the turbo two liter four cylinder, which is 250 horsepower. Isn't uh, that, isn't that, sorry to cut you off, but isn't that the difference between the Fiesta ST and the Focus ST? Aren't those the same engines? Correct uh, me if I'm wrong. Uh, you are uh, ST, actually. I think you may be correct on that. I do think that it might be a 1.6 liter four cylinder in the Fiesta. Ugh. No, Ugh. I thought the Fiesta was a three. Gross. Hmm. That is, that is possible. Uh, I haven't looked into them in quite a while, but uh, I do know that the, checking yeah because uh you you got it pretty close with the uh focus st because i believe that 262 horsepower out of a turbo four two liter because the rs is the 2.3 i mean dude i've had times where my trucks run on three cylinders you know but usually there's a problem when that's happening like come on yeah but you didn't have 180 (laughs) horsepower to begin with oh i got Uh, 180 horsepower in my pedal bike dude come on yeah, Focus SD is the two-liter four-cylinder. I've had farts with more power than that. Come on. The two-liter <laughs> four-cylinder. Hmm. The Fiesta ST 1.6 four-cylinder. Okay. I was Wow, I actually got that right. That's I thought this was America, guys. I thought we made nope. powerful V8 cars that were that <laughs> awesome. Even Ford doesn't do that. Well, no. they do now with the new GT500, but even the flagship is, is a six-banger. Yep, that's so true. weak. I expected more from us. I don't know. I'd, I'd gladly take take a new GT with a six cylinder. Mm. I'm not that purist. I'd love a new GT even with six. I need to cue cue up the uh, national anthem behind this segment here. We need we need some more America in, in America. <laughs> I could fire up the corporate, but it might blow up the speakers in the laptop. See, that's how cars should be. That's how American <laughs> cars should be. You shouldn't hear it just a little turbo whistle and a little farting, a little exhaust. It just sound terrible. No. <laughs> a little three-cylinder. Anyway, getting Sorry. back to the Bronco. <laughs> yeah. 
Jeff can go grab a beer um, while no, I say I'm, I, I've I'm had more... a few. <laughs> I'd, I'd still be interested. I don't think I'd end up with a three-cylinder. I considered getting the three-cylinder, one-liter EcoBoost uh, Focus at one point. Um, just because, you know, drive a slow car fast, sort of an idea, but uh, that didn't end up panning out. Um, I don't know. I I don't think I'd be less interested in this, though I I do uh, think that I'd prefer it have a Turbo 4 and a uh, Turbo 6, like a hopped-up version for rock rolling. But um, that's not what this is going to be for anyway. It's going to compete against the Renegade. Um, probably yeah. not be as confident. This is just going to be – it's going to sell like hotcakes, though, I think. It's got the Bronco nameplate. It's a Ford, and it's a small SUV. Like, of course, it's going to. And then there's uh, there's gonna be moms everywhere saying, "I drive a Bronco." Like, no, you don't. <laughs> you do not drive a Bronco. So Jeff needs to go shopping because I think he's all out of salt. <laughs> I'm very salty right now. Uh, we'll go ahead and and move forward. Uh, before he logs off and disappoint <laughs> Andy uh, now is just a whole day of disappointment. The um, whole day. So uh, what's going on with the uh, 350? Because apparently we just talked forward today. Yeah, it's going to be one of those days, isn't it? <laughs> uh, looks like the rumor, at least right now, is the 350 is going away. Which yeah, we Shelby GT three coming when the five hundred came out anyway. Man, that's yeah. sad. I'm not gonna lie. Like for new cars, that that GT three fifty really struck a chord with me. Like I really like that car. It it really is a great car for not being a forced induction car. It is yeah. phenomenal, especially yeah. at the price point too. The engine, the way it looks, the way it sounds. Like, I yeah. think it's it's a per, it's the perfect one for me. I mean, if if I could have any of them, I might take it over the five hundred um, because just that flat plane. Uh, they yeah. call it the Voodoo V eight. Oh, it sounds so good. It, the 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 killer the killer, you know, of the of the two swords between that and the five hundred. You know, in the three fifty, you get all the horsepower in the flat plane crank, and you still get a six speed manual. The five hundred, you get but you have to trade out for the automatic. Ugh. Who drives yeah, automatics I, these days? I think I mean, take the 350. I, I, I still want, I think I'd still want to row gears and I would throw a turbo on the 350, honestly. Yeah. At some point, like there's an experience that you want to have when you buy that car and it's not yeah. like, and it's not just putting it in drive and pressing the pedal. Like you want to row gears. Like you want to hear that engine snarl, you want to feel every curve, and you know, just that's that's what that car was made to do. Right. Although on the the flip side, though, um, this may be the opening that Ford needs to drop something else in along the same lines of special edition, being uh, the Mach One. All the rumors of that coming back. Um, this might be the 350 making way for the Mach 1 for a year or two like the Bullet did in, what was it, 18? Okay. Um, 
So let's say that's what happens and that this is the Mach 1 coming back. Um, we've also heard rumors that around this time is when we were supposed to see the hybrid Mustang. What if, what if this comes in with the same idea as uh, the McLaren P1, the LaFerrari, where it is a purely performance-driven hybrid, and it's put in there specifically to make the car faster? Um, would that be uh, a problem to call it a Mach 1 if it still had the shaker hood and all of that, but it was also a mild hybrid to help get it off the line? I, I don't think they're going to do it. I've, I mean, I've been watching enough of the spy shots and everything of it um, and, you know, developing a development of it. And I, I don't think that they would do that. I think that they're going to keep the, the hybrid part with the Mach-E. There's enough of a separation there that I, I don't think they would do it now, maybe possibly in the future in, in a refresh or a next generation, possibly. Sure. So but you think not, this is going to be a, a package? I think this is going to be a bullet. It's going to be, you know, a, like I said, a package probably, you know, horsepower increase, probably some t- suspension tuning, engine, you know, engine tuning, a little bit more horsepower. I would expect similar, but improved, a similar, but improved bullet with bright colors. So the difference between the bullet and the Mach 1, the, the biggest thing performance wise is um, that they put the four valve heads on the, on the Mach 1 in the past. Yeah, so do you think they're going to do something like that in this case where they'll uh, throw a couple of fancy parts off of the Shelby's, just one or two of them, just enough to kind of differentiate it and make it faster than the bullet? Are they going to follow that same formula, or uh, am I grasping at straws? I don't think it's going to be drastic. I'm sure they're going to do something as far as changing some sort of head design maybe or – you know, valve train of some sort, different intake, possibly, you know, something off of a voodoo or. Um, Do you think they'll put the flat plane possibly? crank in? I I don't think so. I think it's going to stay with the normal Coyote platform, but I'm sure they'll tweak it. You know, if they were going to do something like that, they would have done something more significant with the bullet than just giving it a, a little tweak here and there. Well, I had a bullet. I can tell you that's pretty. Then much again, what it was. then again, I could be wrong because, like you said, the O one bullet was, you know, uh, was a two valve head design with a different intake setup, and the yeah. Mach one was four valve. So you could be right. You could be on something there because they put basically the ninety nine Cobra, you know, right. engine in right. the Mach one. So I'm thinking if they take a detuned Voodoo, like settle it that's down a true. little bit, so it's not going to step on the toes and. With the GT350 being gone, they wouldn't directly compete. Right. And it wouldn't have all the 350, you know, suspension components and, and you know, the, the body modifications and all that to go with it like the 350 does. But that's a very good, very good possibility. I could see that being a, you know, deregulated, detuned 350 possibly, you know, Voodoo put in there. That's a, that's, I didn't even thought about that. That's a good idea. What do you think, Jeff? I know it's it's built after, uh, um, you know, the invention <laughs> of the wheel. It's it's this century, so he's not interested. Pretty much. 
No, I, I really like the 350. Um, I, I'll be sad to see that go. Um, I don't, uh, I don't know. I was disappointed with the bullet when we saw it in person. And, um, you know, I, I don't know. I guess I guess we'll find out what's going to replace it, right? I mean, the, what, what we'll see, uh, you know, in that, in that new ID, that new look, whatever it might be, you know, the new front end after the 2015. I wasn't really a big fan of it, but it really depends on how they dress it up. Like the RTR version and the GT350 both, I think, look really good. Um, whereas the standard GT and the bullet didn't really do it for me. Whereas in previous years, the GT and the bullet really, I really liked because they were nice and understated. So I don't know. It, it, I'll have to see what they come up with, with this new body style kind of front end look that they have going on. I, I could see this coming out, you know, Mach ones, they had a white option. I could, I could see Jeff liking this if it had some good styling and it came in Wimbledon white with blue stripes. <laughs> yep. Wimbledon white and a, and a Kona blue stripe. Yep. I think Jeff would be interested. I think I'd be interested. <laughs> Everyone. Then, then that's that's a little bit of everything for for Jeff. Yeah, Ryan. That stripe just a little crooked on one side. Just a little bit off on the front. Just a, just a hair. You can do that with some touch up. Yeah, yeah. Can't be perfectly symmetrical. No, no. And otherwise, it would drive straight, and we can't have that. No. So before we go any further, I just want to bring up the three-cylinder again. Um, did a little more looking, and it looks like Europe is getting the 1.5-liter turbo three-cylinder. So it appears... Oh, in the Fiesta? Right. Hmm. Okay, so they're they're doing that in the, in the Fiesta ST over there, but we only, in the U.S., we only got that 1.6, 4? Correct. Okay. So that's that's where that came from. So that makes sense. Yeah. They always get the neat stuff. Europe always gets something a little bit different than we do, per usual. Mm-hmm. More cylinders here, though, right? Well, that's all Jeff's more interested in. <laughs> more uh, cylinders, more better. Jeff says there's no replacement for displacement. That's right. Speaking of more cylinders, more better, I went and visited the Bronco today um, to get some uh, nut certs, drop off some nut certs for the windows and I uh, got to see the progress on the paint and, uh, and Devin's really getting after it, man. It looks really good. Um, he, uh, took about a, a eighth inch of Bondo off of the hood. Yes. There was Bondo on the hood at some point. Somehow that happened. Um, and, uh, he, uh, got the uh, passenger door all straightened out from when it was hit and, uh, you know, fixed a couple of cracks he found like, Yes, there were a few areas like in the tail, uh, not the tailgate, but the um, the tail light bezel area. There was a big crack in the metal there somehow. No idea how that got there. A couple other things. Uh, yeah, so kind of cool to see it. It's looking really good. Um, check out the Instagram. I think, Randy, you posted a couple pictures of it. It's pretty sweet. Really excited to see that thing come together. Um, let's see, today I also, what did I do? I, uh, you know, in my... Uh, lots of free time I've been needing to just get out and do something in the garage because it's been driving me crazy sitting inside all day. So um, I figured it was a good time to start tidying up the Chevy um, and just kind of going through some things that I've been neglecting and not doing and should have done originally, but just was too excited to get the car on the road and drive it. And now I'm going back and, and fixing things. So 
I, uh, I spent some time this last week. I, I rewired the front end of the car. So all of the wiring coming out of the cowl or out of the, uh, out of the firewall into the uh, engine bay, I rewired all of that and rerouted some of it and added a, a plug. So they, they make uh, American Auto Wire makes this really nice bulkhead type fitting. It's um, like an eight pin connector. And uh, I was able to run my uh, all my driving lights and my turn signal lights and all that stuff through that connector, which then mounts to the inner fender. Um, my thought is on these cars, you're able to take the whole front clip off, fenders, grill, all of that stuff off at once. And so if I need to ever take that off or repair suspension or I want to pull the engine, whatever, um, I can just now simply unplug that and uh, throw that off to the side and remove everything and not have to go sort through a bunch of wires. So um, I was really happy to get that done. Um, got some new a new harness tape for that. So I re-taped it, um, which I don't know if most people aren't familiar with what harness tape is. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it's like electrical tape, but it has no adhesive. And for most people, you think, well, what's the point? How is it even tape? But it's kind of like a harness wrap. And it kind of has it sticks to itself a little, but it's really nice because it doesn't leave an adhesive residue. So if you ever need to access anything, you're able to just peel it off. And the wires aren't all gummy and sticky. Um, and, it, and it holds things really nice and tight. And then just at the ends, you'll put maybe a little piece of, of, uh, of electrical tape. And, uh, and, and it will prevent it from unraveling. And it looks really nice. It looks factory, um, which is pretty cool. I mean, not factory for a 50s car, but factory from, for anything from the 60s and up. Um, and so I did that. Um, yeah, that stuff, I, uh, nice. you were showing me that. And that stuff looks really clean, way better than electrical tape. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot nicer to, to work with. And uh, as you can guess, um, Andy was in town um and came and visit me finally uh which is awesome and he got to drive the chevy um and uh, i gotta ask what did you think of it when you drove it i i think i can't drive it as hard as you can (laughs) (laughs) but man it is such an like jeff understates how well that car drives for real you had a good time cruising in it and stuff I didn't even try to drive it hard. We just just cruising out in the back roads, man. It it's such a such a good driving car. Thanks, man. Yeah, I, I was really happy with it how it turned out. I didn't expect it to be to drive like it does. Um, I really didn't. Like I just was like, oh, I'll just you know put the put the parts together and you know you know and make it work. And it it just ended up being a pretty nice package altogether, you know. Um, but yeah, that was fun. We got to go for a little drive and then. Um, Today, I, uh, I uh, spent a little time, well, I guess I'll back up. Earlier this week, I spent some time um, trying to get the panels to fit a little better on these cars. Like, they're really tricky. You got to shim them and, and do all types of weird stuff. And it doesn't help that both of my doors were caved in at some point, and my fender was, and, my, and both of my fenders were, were severely dented and stuff. So this car has just been beat to crap its whole life. And so I... I went out and for about two hours I took a, I had my hammers out there and was beating the doors back into shape and trying to get the, the fenders into shape and just trying to get everything to line up a little bit better. So there weren't these massive gaps everywhere. And I ended up being pretty successful. Um, got quite a bit of the uh, dent out of the passenger door. And then I got the tops of the fenders reshaped. So they flow 
better into the door, which is nice. And then, um, uh, so that all got done. And then I, uh, I ended up today, I ended up shimming the transmission up, um, because when I, when I, uh, welded my rear end together, um, and it's a trailing arm setup. So as that suspension changes in, um, in, uh, ride height, the pinion angle on the dip, on the, on the rear axle changes with it, which is not ideal for, uh, for driveline vibration. Um, and so I had, when I had set this thing up for, uh, for its ride height, I ended up lowering it another couple inches and I didn't think, you know, two degrees of misalignment on the U joints wouldn't be a big deal. Well, I was wrong. And so driving yeah, around, yeah, yeah. I mean, and leaf springs see it a lot, but their leaf springs are constantly fluctuating and they have a little bit of give, you know? So even some of that vibration is taken up in the leaf spring to some degree. Um, not in, in extreme cases, but you know, like leaf springs can, can, uh, rotate because of axle wrap, you know, four or five degrees. Um, but when you're, you know, when everything's fixed and locked in place, it, it amplifies that a lot. And so, um, you know, the two degree difference I could feel at about 60, 65 miles an hour, I was getting a nice little shake and, uh, you know, I, I just kind of ignored it <laughs> like I do. And, uh, so I was like, well, I wonder if I could raise the transmission up um, and get that because as you lower it, that that pinion angle points down, and so uh, relative to the transmission angle, that creates a differential. But if I if I lift the transmission up, um, I can get that angle almost the same. So what I did was I took a stack of four or five washers and I and I put them on top of my uh, transmission mount, lifted the transmission up towards the body of the car. And that made things way better. But then I started bottoming out on bumps again and the driveline started hitting on bumps. So I, I, I cut the, uh, the bottom of that floor brace off all the way and then, uh, got that kind of dialed in. So it's, uh, it was kind of a fun weekend getting all that stuff done. And then throughout the week kind of gave me something to do other than sitting inside drinking beer and, you know, doing, doing the quarantine thing. So it was kind of nice and, uh, it was good to see Andy Andy came by and, uh, you know, was in town. And so we got to drink some beer and kick back for a little bit and point guns at each other and drive cars. <laughs> and stuff. It was just a good time. Well, that sounds, that sounds like a lot of, a lot of fun and you're still always going to be working on that Chevy, but you're not building it anymore. You're refining it. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of nice to be able to be at that point, you know, like your, your projects become smaller and, you know, you're only out in the garage for a few hours and then you're like, I made good progress today and it drives nicer. And, you know, those little things that you missed the first time around, it's kind of nice to come back around and, and finish those up. When you go from spending more time under it than in it to, you know, more time (laughs) driving than, than wrenching, that's really the sweet spot when things start really clicking. Yeah. You, um, yeah. What do you guys, how many miles do you think I put on that car since I got it on the road? When was it on the road? Give us a, give us a date. It first hit the road in March and was insured in March. Um, I got the exhaust done and doors on and stuff. I think April ish. Okay. Uh, so about a year. April. Yeah. Almost a year. Um, I'm going to say probably, I don't know, you've, you've probably at least done a little change on it. I'm going to say 5,000. Well, I was, I was actually going to say 6,000, but I'll, I'll play the game and say 5,001. 
<laughs> you're, you're both low. Um, really? Both low. Yeah. So I got the speedometer rebuilt and inside the car in, I think I got it back in September ish. And since then I've put 6,000 miles on the speedometer on the odometer. Um, oh. and I had been driving it for three months before that. And I would guess I'm somewhere around probably 8,000 miles or so. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. I was driving a lot, <laughs> but, but then again, that's a part Jeff put in the odometer. So, you know, I don't know how much credence we can give it. <laughs> hey, it was rebuilt professionally by professionals. Hmm. Okay, just Actually, because you were able to des- design and install an entire, you know, rear suspension setup, I'll give you a pass and say you installed the speedometer decently <laughs> enough. So I'll give the guy a shout out though. If you guys ever need vintage instrument repair done, Abbott Instrument Repair, man, he did a fantastic job. He's not cheap though, um, but he did a really good job on it. Is he just local, or would he do uh, across the country sort of oh, stuff? He does. He does everything across country. Um, he's actually, I think, related to Adri, our friend Adri. Um, but yeah, he does stuff across the country, high end builds. Like, you know, uh, he'll he'll build you a gauge to match another gauge. Like he had this, he had this like 1930s Jaguar Jaguar speedometer in there. And it didn't have a factory tack, but the owner wanted to remove the clock and make it a tack. And it was like a big clock, you know, it was almost the same size as the speedometer, something, something weird like that. I don't remember exactly the model, but he ended up making one and the lettering and everything was just, just right. It, it like, you couldn't tell that it wasn't factory. It looked great. Um, That's so awesome. He'll do custom stuff, but he also has just a, a giant, just, store of parts from every single make and model you can imagine. Like he replaced the odometer in mine, even though mine was working, he said it had a couple of broken tangs on the plastic gears that move around. And he said to be accurate and everything, like you needed a new one. So he made a new one. He painted all the, the letters and stuff or the, the numbers on there all new and fresh. And like it, I mean, he did a really good job. Wonderful. We'll, we'll put something up on the Instagram, uh, and uh upon this episode because you know if someone does quality work um you know of course we don't get any affiliate money we don't we don't make anything off of this but you know we want to put you know good brands out there and let people know hey this is what this is what we use um you know for our projects you know try and be a, a resource to an extent for sure for sure uh is there anything else that you've been working on me, uh, I, I'm sure there is, but uh, I think that's probably it for now. I'll have lots more updates next week. <laughs> How Excellent. about you, Andy? Yeah, we'll, we'll keep putting more up. Yeah. Me, not a lot. Um, working on much, not really. Um, we'll have to focus up for a couple of days out in the cold and it died again, so I'm pretty much convinced it just needs a battery. One of these days, when I get around to it, I'll replace that. Um, I did finally drag the Cobra out of the mothballs and took it out. Um, how, how was it? <laughs> well, good and bad. 
Um, I'm pretty sure I have the same issue that Jeff did of after I think I've narrowed it down that I think there's something wrong with the pinion angle after putting the IRS back in, um, getting a nasty vibration when I take it out to Mexico. Oh, that's not good. That can literally, so not to distract from your story, I was watching, um, I was rewatching Roadkill Garage for the second time uh, through last night. And on one of their episodes, they do this high speed run in a Chevelle, this crew cab Chevelle, they call it, it's a four door Chevelle. And uh, they get the thing up to like 104 miles an hour and the rear tail housing just grenades. And they went back and, and tried to do some diagnostic, I guess. And he's like, yeah, the guy who made that driveline didn't put any weights on it. He's like, oh, oh really? I feel like it was vibrating, but like, yeah, I guess vi- dri- uh, driveline vibration can completely add, you know, it could just can add stress cracks and, and fatigue in that yeah. tail housing. So like, if you're getting vibration, man, like address it. That's why I did mine. Yeah, yeah, I, I want to take it out and pull the drive shaft out of it just to be sure, make make sure it's in there and everything's you know, okay, that, and then I'm going to check the painting angle. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure that's it. I mean, every, like, common with, almost with everything the, else in that car was just rebuilt. So I'm sure it's just the angles off a little bit. And it's only once you get to a certain speed. What speed is it for you? Mexico speed. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Mine, mine, mine tends to get into some harmonics right around 60, but. I drove it today after changing that transmission um, mount and it, and it seemed to lessen by a, a substantial amount, but yeah, yeah, that you don't want to have that thing, that transmission or that even worse if that, if that transmission, if the, if the tail shaft breaks off of that thing and that driveline drops at that speed, man, yeah, that, exactly. could, be, that could be bad news. Do you have a driveline hoop for it? Um, it does actually. Yeah. Oh, it does. Okay, good. Yeah. So for the, yeah. for those of you who don't know, driveline safety loops will prevent driveline from dropping onto the pavement when you're going Mexico speed and then causing the car to pole vault, right? Exactly. So it's a it's a safety thing. Anyway, continue on. Sorry. Anyway, yeah. But anyway, anyway. Well, so interrupted. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's all good. Um, yeah, other than that, I mean, it drives really great. Uh, I let it warm up for about 10 minutes or so out in the driveway, took it for a drive. Uh, yeah, it handles great when, you know, got it all warmed up and started, you know, to get a little loosey-goosey around a couple corners. And, you know, it, you know, you two know how my other, my, my old car drove. And I would say now this is superior. It corners almost flat. It's got no transfer now. I mean, it's, it's, phenomenal and this is just driving it around back roads out here um once i get the the vibration deal fixed you know i'll take it up in some real corners and twisties and um hopefully that uh hopefully that track they keep working on up here and north of boise hopefully that keeps being built and opens this year we'll see but i definitely want to take it up there as soon as possible too i'm waiting for the day you drive it back down here to uh to oregon I get to ride in it again with all. I'll bring it over there soon enough. I don't. I don't see a point to take it anywhere until I get the vibration figured out. I think if you just go faster, it will probably fix itself. I've tried that, and this gets worse. (laughs) You need to let me drive. It doesn't overcome itself at a higher speed. I think you need to let me drive it. I'll take care of it. Don't worry about it. (laughs) As long as it doesn't come back with patina, (laughs) or a carburetor, for that matter. 
it'll <laughs> it'll come back with no engine, and suddenly my Chevy will will be running on a uh, on a sweet uh, uh, supercharged four point six. <laughs> well, I was gonna say if it's in, if it goes in the Falcon, I wouldn't be so mad, but the Chevy that's not okay. No cross, <laughs> no crossbreeding. Yeah, other than that, I mean that's about all I've done. Um, at least I have a project now to work on. Yeah, something to keep you busy, right? Yeah, something to spend my money on. <laughs> <laughs> Randy, what about you? Oh, not too much. I've been uh, real busy with with work. Um, you know, we finished our quarantine, and I'm an essential employee, so uh, I was back all week. Um, so. Yeah, just um, only thing I did is uh, I did finally shoot um, a a review of the X5 uh, that we're going to be uh, putting up uh, as the YouTube channel is getting populated. We'll soon start uh, releasing stuff on that. So I was able to get some content for that done. Um, but that's that's pretty much uh what i've what i've done this week automotively is uh just a lot of a lot of upkeep on stuff uh about time for oil changes on on uh on the ranger but um yeah i did uh recontact uh a couple people for the 5 series to get the the pixels redone uh letting them know that that'll be sent up soon um because the 5 series uh, and really all BMWs of that era have a uh, LCD dashboard uh, setup and it, lo- it drops pixels all the time. It's a problem with the with the ribbon cables. Uh, so I have a company out of um, the Northeast that that's what they do um, is it's fixed that. Uh, you can do it yourself, but it's very finicky work, very um, specific. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm good at some things, but I can just see myself breaking a plastic tab and, uh, <laughs> being not so excited about that. So I'm going to let a professional, uh, do it. Um, cause there's a lot of static things like, oh, you got to make sure that you use an anti-static mat. Um, so you don't, you know, arc things and no, 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 I don't, I don't need to be doing that. It's very, it's like building a computer. It's very, uh specific work you got to be careful of magnets and static yeah not not my realm either i'd send that out right away i wouldn't i wouldn't even try i i did pretty poorly uh repairing my iphone (laughs) so (laughs) i probably would not attempt that either yeah but um that's that's kind of the long and short of it so that'll get sent out as soon as uh as soon as i get that sucker out of there um yeah that way i can actually read the uh the fuel meter and not get stranded for the third time. Um, excellent. Uh, I'm that that's not good. So for, yeah. for you, you for a brief time thought you were getting excellent mileage. Yeah, I'm not sure anymore. Uh, um, so, uh, before I, uh, had to leave it up North, um, in the last month that I was driving it, I had it, um, fuel starve and strand me, uh, once at 17 miles and once at 33 miles to empty. Jeez. So yeah, that's, that's pretty bad. Like 
you know, when it was 17, I was pretty upset. I'm like, yeah, you need to give me more room than that. Yeah, that's man, that I'd be screwed. I mean, <laughs> I our stuff, you know, that that gives you the you know the distance till empty. I will run that down to zero consistently. Yeah, I'm used to the Ford. You know, at zero, you have two gallons left. Exactly. I'm. That's what but I. Yeah, this this did that, and you know, I can't risk it with the X5 because it's a diesel. You'll uh, ruin injectors. Yeah. Doing that. Yeah, you don't want that. So maybe they have that built in, but yeah, the five series now has uh, stranded me twice. Uh, of course, both times uh, I had a two mile drive from, you know, where I was living to the nearest gas station and it made it one mile and, uh, and sputtered out and that was downhill. So I was <laughs> Can't exasperated. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely want to get that kind of stuff figured out. Maybe check the fuel sending unit, um, see if there's an issue there. Um, but yeah, pretty much just, um, you know, bobbing and weaving and, uh, you know, just planning for, for the day I get to wrench on it again. Do sweet smoky burnouts. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Uh, my dad didn't do burnouts for a long time and, uh, I, I forced him to, uh, do a burnout with the five series and he, he enjoyed, uh, the Dickens out of that. Um, <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the Cobra's got some expiring tires on it here soon. Then I've got some, what's to say, not, not so nice neighbors with really loud, annoying old Chevy pickups with no exhaust and Miatas with no exhaust that need to learn. There you go. That, that, that need to learn that uh, that the, the bald eagles are going to fly here soon. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, so, awesome. any any questions uh, roundtable about anyone's projects for this week? I think we're good. Okay. Um, do you guys remember? Uh, you guys remember Superior? Okay. Superior, yeah. How do, you so, for, how do you forget that? For for those who don't know, Superior Stangs was a uh, forum for specifically Mustangs in the Pacific Northwest area. You know, mostly uh, Seattle and Portland uh, centric, and that's actually kind of how we all met. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, this was around the time I would say. God, I, I think Andy was the first on the forum or one of the first. And I, I joined in 2008 um, when I was in high school. Andy, when did you join? Uh, probably would have been... I want to... 07? 07. Yeah, that was about the time the forum was still like... We were kind of fun. Everyone was kind of like... You know, forum forums were still a thing in 2007. Very much so. Very much a thing. <laughs> um and uh randy you joined in what 2010 right uh, i think it was 11 11 yeah in in yeah in 11 uh i bought the bullet in january it was my 20th birthday present to my 20th yeah birthday present to myself sort of a thing um and yeah it took me about two months to to find the forum i believe through you jeff yeah, yeah, and I think uh, I think it was actually probably through one of our mutual friends, right? Um, yeah, it was our mutual friend Daniel. I, you know, I, he was in yeah. my my wedding and, and such, and uh, he said, "Oh, well, you should you should talk to Jeff. Remember Jeff?" 
and I think we touched on this uh, many weeks back. That you were the the jerk who came up and got me in trouble with the subwoofer. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the uh, I think we talked about that uh, Sans Andy. Um, but yeah, th- that, that's how we ended up meeting through all that. So we did kind of touch on on how we all got started there. But uh, Superior was. Uh, actually how we we built a community and we would do meetups um semi-regularly for a while yeah Um, i would say we did like every week or every other week and it wasn't like a it wasn't like you know your typical what you would envision like a like a bunch of guys just sitting down and talking mustangs it was like we go out to dinner we go go cruise we'd go you know i don't know just shoot the shoot the shit and hang out and talk and bs for a while and like 90% of our conversation probably wasn't even about cars. We were just talking. We were just BSing, having a good time. It was it was a really low-key and really uh, positive kind of community. But we did – so we did these trips. Um, uh, we, we planned them here in, in Oregon um, when we were all living here. And we would get the local people and we would do what we call our beach cruise. Um, and we did a, so we'd, we'd meet up at the mall parking lot and, uh, everyone would meet there between a certain time and we'd all drive down to the Oregon coast and spend the day there. Some people would spend the night depending on if you wanted to drink or whatever, but most of the time it was just a day trip. We'd start in the morning, head back at night. And, uh, they were a really good time. They were a really good time. And we were all, I mean, I would say most of the people were in between the ages of like 19 and 25. And so no one was really wealthy and no one really wanted to spring for a hotel room. So no one really wanted to make it like a multi-day thing. We just wanted to cruise down, have fun, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a cruise thing. Keep in mind, this is the Oregon beach from us. Most of us was an hour away. So yeah, it was just a, a fun time. Go hang out on the beach, you know, do some donuts in the sand, take pictures of our cars. And, but, uh, but we got to understand is like our, <laughs> our group of people was very, they're kind of like how we are. We're always just kind of ripping on each other all the time. And just, we would always just play pranks on each other because we knew each other really pretty well. So oh, we yeah. always just always messing with each other somehow, like no matter what we were doing, like someone was always plotting something or planning something or messing with somebody, something like, I can't tell you how many times, on garage nights, I'd find stickers on my car after we were working on it. <laughs> or like one of the one of the ones that was Andy's favorite was he would hang uh, a Honda emblem. I think it was a Honda emblem on people's car. Cars it was a, recur- it was a recurring gag. Yes, it was a Honda yeah. keychain emblem it, that would hang off somebody's car, and then they'd have to get somebody else when they found it. Yep. And and re- I would say almost every single garage night, my antenna would be removed from my car at some point, and I wouldn't realize it because every garage night it was dark. And, oh, uh, yeah, there and- was there was one specific time uh, that that happened uh, that we still refer to semi regularly is called the t- the tally ho incident. Um, <laughs> oh, the, the tally ho incident is by far the best one. <laughs> you guys love that one. Bye. But by this point, by the time this happened, this had happened to Jeff probably 30 or so times. So Jeff was getting tired of it. Oh, yeah. Jeff had, Jeff had, Jeff had, had enough. his mirror on. He had all but Loctited it. Or not his mirror, sorry. My my antenna was almost Loctited on. It was, 
I just got my I got my like eight millimeter wrench out and I reefed on that thing so hard and and well, also sometimes we would steal it and then he would put it back and not three minutes later someone be would gone. sneak up behind yeah. it. Be <laughs> it would bother me. Oh, yeah. God, that reminds me of another one you guys used to do. Andy's but, favorite. But the tally ho, the tally ho. We'll finish this. We'll move to the next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One. The tally, the tally ho is is this is exactly the reason why I kept the corresponding wrench in my car. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he was planning ahead to mess with me. So much that he would take a wrench out of his garage, put it in his glove box, so that way he knew when he got to see Jeff, he could take his antenna. <laughs> so, he was, so the whole the whole bit behind this whole story is we were we were planning a cruise from Randy's house. Now I believe it's his parents' house at the time we were all meeting up at. I was I was getting I got there late. Everybody else was just about he was getting their cars ready to go. And we were all frozen. We had been out there for an hour. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Super cold. And me and one of our other friends, Aaron, um, got there. He jumped in my car. I said, "Hang on a second. I gave him the wrench. Said, "Here, go take this off Jeff's car." <laughs> runs over, takes it off Jeff's car before he comes out of the house. And Aaron was not privy to this. This Aaron didn't uh, even know what we were doing. I just said, "Hey, go!" No, but he was so game. He was so yeah. game to do it. He was he was up for it, but he didn't he didn't realize that this had happened to me countless times before <laughs> <laughs> so we, we we get the antenna i pull up i pull up to the driveway he, he gets back in with the, with the antenna i turn around and I, I call randy and i said hey let's go i'm here they all come out and jeff gets out and jeff backs out and pulls him pulls up behind me we all wind up on the street and then aaron sticks the, the antenna out of the passenger seat window and i lean back to jeff and i yell tally ho and take off and the look in Jeff's eye, like I've never seen Jeff drop a clutch that fast and, and tear off and try and chase me down back roads. Like, Come on. Jeff was calling me like, give me back my antenna. <laughs> oh I, my I, think, I think it made Jeff chase me down the back roads for probably about a half hour before I gave it back to him. I was very, I was very upset. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was probably one of the last times it happened too. It might've been, but yeah. it was, it was worth it. I so think there was we did another it once or twice after that, but it was it never. It wasn't as good. It wasn't spots. as good afterwards. But you know, next time I'm in part one, I might have to bring that game back. You guys, you guys peaked. You guys peaked for sure at that point. Yeah. I think that was um, it. That was that was it. So Andy's favorite one, I think, other than the antenna, and the antenna was his favorite. But notice all these pranks are usually at my expense. Almost ninety percent of them. It's usually. Uh, <laughs> There's a recurring theme here. Yeah. So the other one that people like to do to mine, uh, in particular, Andy thought this was hilarious, and other people got onto it. Was um, they would uh, unplug my air conditioning because <laughs> it had a broken tab. Yeah. And so one time he actually convinced me. I had zip tied the AC on, and he had actually convinced me. Like he was like, this "Are you is, sure I didn't unplug it?" This, yeah, this, this is, is under, the hood. under the hood. Yeah. yeah, sorry. We should probably – yeah, he had unplugged my air conditioning compressor. There's like a two-pin connector on that. And he had unplugged it always. And it would just pull it up just enough. So when you looked at it, you didn't think it was unplugged. But it, was, it would, wouldn't make <laughs> Just contact. enough to be disconnected. Yeah, and so I – I uh, and this thing likes to fall off anyway, so it makes it great. And so I, I like, I got this really skinny zip tie, and I, and it was really tough to get the bend in there. And I zip tied the thing down between the two wires, and I was so proud of that. And, I, and one day, Andy, like, he convinced me that somehow we had unplugged it, 
And I like cut my zip tie off and looked and I'm like, no, it's still connected. And I couldn't get a zip tie back on it. <laughs> like you jackass. <laughs> There's the reverse move. And then, then another time um, at band camp, um, <laughs> we, uh, we were working on my car again and it was the intake manifold night. And one of our friends, uh, Julian, um, we had to go get stuff at the store for my car. And I don't remember, I think it was Julian or maybe it was you and Justin, somebody thought it would be brilliant to, uh, mess with my car while I was gone. Of course. This was Justin and Julian. I had nothing to do with this one, but it was hilarious. I just watched. (laughs) So they, they, uh, opened up the back of my car. Um, and they were like, how can we mess with Jeff? What can we do? Oh, we should we should unhook his subwoofer, and rather than just like unhook it, yada yada yada, they they pulled the subwoofer out of the box, which this is like I had big bump in the trunk, and it's like a fifty five pound subwoofer like woofer cone, like it's heavy, and and they un unbolt the whole thing, pull the wires off, tape them up, and shove the thing back in there. And, um, and earlier in that night we were wrenching and dropped a wrench onto the coil and it like sparked a bunch of, you know, stuff went everywhere. And I was like, Oh no, you know, and I didn't know a lot about cars at this time. Like had I known what I know now, like I wouldn't have ever worried about it. But like that next day I'm like, guys, my stereo is not working. Like my sub (laughs) amp's turning on what's going on. And like, and they're like, dude, it probably was when that coil sparked. I'm like, oh, you're probably right. And I was just, I was stressing out. I was like, I was doing all types of tests on it. Like I was retracing the wiring. It probably took me like four or five days to figure out that they had unhooked the speaker from the back of it. You were, you were like a day from paying someone to, yeah. to rewire the sub. Yes, I really was. <laughs> Yeah, so that was that was good. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so we didn't really prank anyone else uh, other oh, than oh, me regularly. Oh, contraire. Oh, contraire, Oh, afraid. tell me what happened. What, what did we do? So on one of these uh, aforementioned beach cruises, um, <laughs> and I'm gonna I'm gonna pass this off a little bit because I was I was not there for all of it, but um, uh, both Andy and I got our. Uh, got a little bit of come up and I don't know what I did, but, um, <laughs> you, you were, you were a, a victim of vicinity. Yeah. Yeah. I was just wrong place, wrong time. Um, but Andy, Andy got, got real, real good. So he had his sixer. He had just gotten it, um, you know, up, up and running with the, with the engine and running correctly. Uh, right. Motor was built, just broke in and everything. This was kind of the first long voyage of it. And, and it, it was a stroker seen... motor. It was all built. It was it was dope, right? Like oh, it was nice gorgeous. build. We'll get some pictures. We got you know a busy Instagram week. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll upload some pictures of that setup. But wonderful. Anyway, um, yeah. So it it had been a, a pretty successful trip, but he was he was always checking it because you know it was a shakedown trip, is what it was. So you know every time we would stop, which you know for Jeff to pee was every five minutes. He would, <laughs> yeah. You'd hit fifty. You'd have to stop. Well, I'd have to wipe off the dirt off my car too. So yeah, uh, so he would uh, he would check uh, you know oil levels and fluid levels and and just check for any leaks and just you know make sure everything sounded good. Uh, you know every time we would stop. Uh, so I wasn't 
around. I think Jeff was a little more clued into into the process. You so, want to pick it up? Yeah. So yeah. what had happened was we uh, I think we were in Seaside, Oregon, um, and mm-hmm. we had we had we had all, had all come in as a group, but there was a lot of traffic that weekend. And we got split up at some point and, and kind yeah, of some of us came yeah. off different roads due to traffic lights and stuff. And uh, a bunch we of us, if I remember right, we a bunch of us went and we ate at like different different restaurants and whatnot. So there was yeah, multiple was. planning multiple trickery this day. Yeah, so uh, I think I was with I, I don't know, I think I was with Andy or something, or I was with I was with somebody. No, maybe I wasn't no, with no, Andy. You were, was with, you were with Chris. I was with with uh, Julian. Yeah, you're right, you're right. I was with Chris and Randy. And you were with Julian, Martin, and Danielle, and Aaron Roderick, I think, right? So, um, yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, so they, uh, so anyway, they were all, they were all on one side, we were on the other, and we kind of like, we went out of the main drag of, of, uh, of uh, Seaside, and we were kind of parked out by, by homes, and, uh, <clears throat> and um, so we all park up, and um, I don't remember exactly how it, oh no, we, we walked and we found your car, right? And, or something like that. We saw your car and we parked by your cars and, uh, and, and Chris was like, uh, dude, I gotta, I gotta mess with Andy. He's like, it's like, how can we mess with him? And, and we're like, well, he just got his car back together. He's like, I got a quarter ATF. (laughs) So, so. So I'm like, so what are you, what are you going to do? I'm like, and, he, and so he, he takes, he opens his court ATF and, and EPA and everyone, you can like plug your ears right now. Yeah, uh, this did dumps, not happen. <laughs> yeah, he, he, this is all in a different foreign country, not seaside. Yeah, it shows Oregon, for entertainment but, uh, purposes, not in the <laughs> yeah. department. And what was inside this bottle was just water uh, for the record, but he, he pours <laughs> a bottle of ATF underneath Andy's car. And... Uh, and he's I'm like, oh, dude, that's I'm like being the being Mr. Environmentalist over here. I'm like, no, you shouldn't do that. And, but I was still laughing inside. And so, uh, you know, probably 20, 20, 30 minutes later, we uh, we meet up with these guys. And uh, and I guess what had happened and Andy might know more about this was Andy was walking back to go mess with my car because he yep. wanted to take the wheel off of my car. Right. I was going, my plan was I was going to switch the right side wheels on our cars so that you wouldn't see because you were parked on the opposite side of the street that you wouldn't see and you'd take off and then I would pass you and you'd see your wheels on my car. Yeah. <laughs> so unbeknownst so to we me were, that they had already got to my car. Yeah. So we were both planning on, on messing with each other and I, I don't remember how we exactly met up, but we were, it was around the cars. I think that we had met up, right? It, it was yeah. around the cars. Yeah. And we were all, you know, high fives and man, you're so slow, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and, uh, all this typical stuff. And, and Andy fires his car up and, uh, Chris is like, he's like, dude, it, it look, Andy, look, look under your car. And Andy's like, not paying attention. He's like, Andy, there's there's stuff under your car, and Andy like gets out, and he's like, "Man, it looks like ATF or something." And and Andy, like, he's like into it one hundred percent. Yeah, Andy just flips a switch, right? And he and his eyes just go from like laughing, and he's like, "Oh crap, something's wrong with my car," and he goes into Mister so Andy mode. He, Andy he, doesn't Andy doesn't freak out. He just goes very stoic and won't make eye contact with anyone. As just <laughs> business, he's checking everything. He's popping out, checking yeah. fluids. And uh, I think it was I think it was our friend Julian that went went man that's a lot of fluid it's almost <laughs> like someone yeah. poured an entire 
bottle of ATF under your car. And he's like, I know there's so much. It's like, I can't even see a leak coming from anywhere. Like, cause you were, you were crawling all around trying to find where the leak was coming from. He's like, yeah, man. Yeah, exactly. I was like moving it back and forth. I was like putting it in and out of gear. I'm like, there's, there's gotta be a leak. There's gotta be, it's coming from somewhere. It has to be, it has to be. By this point, there's multiple people saying the exact same phrase. Yeah, like yeah, everybody's wow, figured it out. Almost but like <laughs> someone just poured an entire quart of ATF under your car. So much. Um, and then, uh, Jeff, do you remember the moment that it dawns on Andy? Yeah, because so Chris, Chris goes, no, Andy, you're not understanding. And Andy finally looks up at Chris and he's like, it's almost like someone poured a quart of ATF under your car. And Andy takes like Chris two, is like three air seconds and then his hand, his head just drops. Like, oh, you got me so good. <laughs> and so I didn't get to see the next bit, but and, or Randy knows more about the next bit. Uh, so we all get to leave, right? Oh yeah. So we, you know, Andy, Andy had gotten got. Uh, so we all had a good, a good laugh about it, and and. Uh, Directly like, okay, at Andy's expense. Yeah, right. <laughs> Meanwhile, I got I got zero satisfaction out of getting Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, we uh, we all just get ready to go, and I forget who was riding with me at the time, but uh, you know they they hop in, I hop in the bullet, and um, not all of us have Mustangs at this time because you know just vehicles moving at that age. Um, so I hop in the bullet, and I'm behind. Uh, Chris, the aforementioned Chris, who had the whole idea for, for Andy's car. Apparently he had been a busy boy. Um, <laughs> yes. And on top of all this. Don't kids with red Jeeps. He has, yeah. He has a Jeep Cherokee in this. Keep him up. Yeah. Um, and so he's parked in front of me and um, it's not something I would have ever thought of. I'm just, I'm sitting in my car. I'm like, okay, we're we ready to go. Ready to go. And I see his, his, car you know shift to reverse and then back to drive and like here we go and all of a sudden it's like it's raining but all in one spot and i don't understand like whoa is someone like um, is there a super soaker somewhere i'm making sure the windows are up this kid this kid had pulled off the um the tube so on the back windshield of these grand cherokees there's a windshield washer a fluid thing for the for the back wiper he had pulled the tube off so when he pressed the button it just shot a stream of soap out of the back of his car directly onto onto the bullet and it's just right on the windshield like it's it, me and whoever was in there we jumped like and randy freaks just, out like it like it's metal hitting his car <laughs> I had no idea what like what was happening. I whoa! I get out and I'm like, "What's going on?" I'm like, "Okay," and everyone's just cracking up and driving by, <laughs> pointing and laughing. You know, I just about had a heart attack. I'm like, "Okay," and he's like, "Oh, it's just it's just washer fluid, bud." And I'm like, "Oh, like the thing that would come out of my own, but just." <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't I don't get got very often just because I'm not a, an interesting target but uh he yeah he got me good he he uh he got away with murder on that one yeah uh, <laughs> I can't remember uh, everybody everybody got back in their car and somebody was walking past behind him that wasn't paying attention and then he squirted somebody in the face I can't remember who though <laughs> was it oh was it like one of our group yeah Oh yeah. Somebody yeah. somebody wasn't paying attention and walked behind the Jeep and he got them. 
<laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Punk, punk kids. Now we're punk, you know, older kids. Yeah, I, I can't say that wouldn't still happen at thirty, oh, no. like it, like it did at twenty. So I think, and, I think, it, I think that stuff would still go on. That would still happen. There'd just be less people getting their cars stuck on the beach. Yeah, yeah. We'd be smarter and we'd drive faster. Yeah. <laughs> no, me and Jeff would be smarter <laughs> as we were the first time and not attempt it. Yeah, we'd be like, that looks sketchy. We should probably not do it. We should and probably not do it. As somebody goes by, other... I can do it. <laughs> so yep. out, out here in Oregon, there's what they call Highway 1 uh, outside of Seaside, and you can literally legally drive on the beach. It's a highway. Um, but we found out a few things. Uh, first of all, there is a speed limit. And, 25 miles an hour. Yep. Not, not one of us three, but one of our, uh, one of our group, uh, did get pulled over and talked to, uh, by a cop, uh, about the speed limit being like, ironically, the one who was probably doing the least, uh, <laughs> doing the least over. amount of shenanigans and the least yeah. speeding of anybody. Yeah. yeah, definitely. The, uh, the, the do-gooder, the, you know, the one who was trying to follow the rules, uh, got, got bit by that. Um, don't be the back of the pack. Don't be the back of the pack. <laughs> um, let's see. What else uh, What else happened on the beach cruises? Oh, oh. Uh, lots of sandy donuts. Yeah. <laughs> we jumped uh, MX6. That's, that's where I was leading to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was entertaining. So a member of the group <clears throat> that usually had a turbocharged Cobra um had uh, usually that's an overstatement that thing was always broken <laughs> yeah had it usually in the garage yeah yes. not working right so he had he had a uh, mazda mx6 it's just a little uh little little puddle six cylinder coupe uh yeah just a neat little neat little car um but he he had no cares about this 300 dollars car so when we went out to the beach he took that and um you know, because we were bored, uh, we decided, hey, let's build a sand jump and literally jump a car. Like, you Oh, know. no, no, no. You're going way too far into this first. <laughs> before You're we not... jumped it, before oh, we jumped it, right? he attempted to drive it up the bank from the hard pack <laughs> up the bank. He said, I can do it. It'll, it'll go up that far, right? Up a literal sand dune. Like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Soft pack sand dune. Got... Surprisingly further than any of us thought he would. Stopped before he buried it. And then in the process of coming back down, somehow we ended up making a wrong turn and it ended up on top of a beached log. <laughs> and we all had to lift his car off of it. Yeah, we, yeah, we took it took Aaron and, and his ranger pulling it and I believe like six of us lift, lifting it and to get it off this log. <laughs> Goodness. Because yeah, after I, that point... I, after that point, we decided, oh, well, let's use this log and build a ramp. So we yeah. we, we built this people to jump out of it and threw some convincing. There might have been, there might have been uh, frosty beverages being passed around uh, at the oh, sure. time. Oh, sure. Uh, sure. So we were feeling quite uh, ambitious. Feeling co- confident, yes. yes. Yeah, confident. We had a bonfire going. We had marshmallows. We had frosty beverages. Um, and we had lots of cars with uh and and wood on the beach so naturally naturally yes yes so it took some convincing because he he didn't want after we built the jump he didn't want to do it at first because a we still had to drive it all the way back to portland and not tow we didn't have a way to really you know tow it if it were to break and he was afraid of blowing the front struts out you know 
So through some convincing, through a couple frosty beverages, through some con- <laughs> well, well, as I remember it, uh, first a uh, a local came by on, with a big lifted uh, old suburban. Yes, yes, that's right. <laughs> they tested the jump for us and packed it in nicely. Yeah, he was more than happy to, to more test than willing it out. to. That was nothing for that car. And then he also that, uh, appeared to almost roll his truck trying to do donuts. Yeah, <laughs> that, was, that yeah. was really scary. I was like, I'm not going to be able to roll that thing back over. It probably had 44s, maybe bigger tires on it, mm-hmm. and what appeared to be no sway bars. And this thing looked like it was leaning. Yeah, it was. It was leaning hard. Yeah, it was leaning real hard. And I was just like, that's going to be bad news if that yeah. thing goes over. Aaron was like, he can, I can pull it out. <laughs> Yeah. And then the aforementioned Chris in his uh in his lifted uh Grand Cherokee, uh we convinced him to do it as well. Um and so after both of those people had successfully uh surmounted the obstacle, uh, you know, Julian's like, Well, yeah, if those big lifted four by fours can do it, why not my front wheel drive coupe? Sure. And who who had to be riding shotgun just to be there? Well, I, I, the, the deal was, I, I promised him, I said, okay, I'll ride with you in case we die. We'll die together. B, if we blow the struts out of this thing, I will buy you new ones. <laughs> You're supposed to say number A and number B. <laughs> number B and letter two. <laughs> Needless to yeah. say, it was a huge success. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was, it was pretty great. I need Do you still to have that clip making... on your phone? I, I have it. I have it somewhere. Someone needs to put that clip up on Instagram. The gram is going to be very busy this week, folks. Yes, I, I like it. The gram Use the hashtag busy. so people so people view it. This is good. This is good stuff. Yeah, definitely. If you're not following the uh, the the podcast, um, the mm-hmm. official Instagram, please do. If you need anything to. else, just just for this week. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um. Wonderful. Uh, uh, I mean, other than that, there was uh, just a lot of, uh, you know, passing each other and, and taking video. There was, uh, there are a couple of videos. We'll see if we can uh, hunt those down. Um, oh, there's definitely, there's, I know there's a good one of a certain somebody in a certain Turbo Cobra doing rolling burnouts in traffic. Yes. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> On a different beach find. trip. There's videos of this on YouTube if you so choose to watch. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what we can what we can link over to. Um, but definitely, and that's just kind of an example of you know I kind of miss I kind of miss that community. You know, it's it's good that we made some friends, but uh, you know as we all kind of moved away, uh, you know, kind of missing uh, that because every time I've tried to join a, a club or you know, find another forum. It's, yeah. It's just it's not the hard. same. Yeah. Yeah. The, and, and everything's moved to Facebook. And for those of us who choose not to partake, it, it makes it hard to reach out to people. Yeah. The, the nice thing though, is, is the car shows still happen. And if you have a, you know, if you have a, at least in the classic car world, like there's lots of conversations that happen and you meet lots of cool people in that way, more, more organic, you know, but yeah. yeah, but th- those people aren't likely to jump their, uh, their uh, <laughs> no. sixty-seven Chevelle. That, no, that's honestly no, that's, that's part of the reason I was hoping to get into the SCCA this year. You know, obviously now it kind of sucks, but you know, yeah, people who actually drive their stuff, and you know, there's 
good camaraderie and good stories. <laughs> that was very an interesting dynamic. There were definitely the people on the uh, in that forum who were more of the guys who liked to just have their cars, and then guys who liked to drive them. And we kind of fell into that latter category. Yeah, we we drove them. Like, we drove them hard. Yeah. <laughs> drove them hard. Put them away wet. <clears throat> Some of us drove them too hard and into trees. Yeah, you know, the one time I didn't drive something hard, I, it went into a tree. Come on, that's not fair. So what have you learned? <laughs> drive hard. Yep. What do you think this whole build is about? <laughs> Doing it right. Uh, True. Ac- excellent. Do you guys have any other any other quick memories uh, since we're running up against time? Uh, I'm sure I do, but... Not, none of the, nothing that's quick. <clears throat> Okay. Well, um, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely find more, more stories about that. And there's, there's a vacuum line on a lightning that we need to bring up. Yeah. Um, we're going to, yeah. we're going to sneak that one in, uh, before we sign off, uh, uh, one, one more against, against, uh, Andy, but this is not a prank so much as just a thing that happened. <laughs> this is my own doing. <laughs> we're, we're past the, uh, the, um, parental uh, statute of limitations on this so yeah yeah so this was a trip um we were driving down through the uh through i-84 out in the, the the gorge in oregon um i was driving my dad's lightning at the time this is when i was in the process of building that that uh, stroker motor for my old car so and this is a this is a highly modified uh no- Gen yeah, highly, mod- highly modified lightning. Um, if I remember right, also, this is the first drive Randy had his bullet with us. I was. This was this, the same trip that Randy almost lost his bullet to somebody doing donuts in a fox body. Yep. But anyway, I won't go too far away from it. Long story short. Not me. Not, not me. No, not no, you. Not Jeff. Confused. Not Jeff. Not me. I should have, I should have, <laughs> I should have put that disclaimer in. Not Jeez. another Fox body owner. Anyway. Not all Fox body owners are that guy. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so we're driving through the gorge and a couple of us are making some poles. Um, and I don't remember who I was up, you know, driving, driving next to, but, uh, needs to say, um, went off the gas at kind of just the wrong time, right when it was about to shift and it dropped into gear and I put my foot back into it and it blew the boost line off one of the vacuum lines that were the, that were pressurized and basically, you know, makes the car seem like it basically drops a cylinder. Like, oh shit, oh shit. Uh, sorry, you're gonna have to edit that. <laughs> oh crap, oh crap. I just blew up my dad's truck. I'm a dead man because... I just blew up the motor in my car. So now I'm, now I'm thinking I've blown up two cars in the matter of a couple months. <laughs> and I don't even remember what happened from there. I blacked out. I think so we, you, uh, was... I think you called your dad and he came down and looked at it and said, no, it was just a boost line. Wasn't it? We, yeah. We yeah. Off yeah that's exit. right. Yeah. Actually, we pulled I was off like, yeah, I pulled this one yeah. off before. Yeah. His dad for, for any, for all listening is, one of the most knowledgeable mechanics I've ever met. He is. Yeah. He's, he's really been a, good. yeah, he's been an ASE certified mechanic his whole life since he was you know, a kid, yeah. you know, yeah. Every, yeah. everything to him is pretty trivial. <laughs> right. He comes out and is like, Oh, just a boost line. You jackass. <laughs> yeah. I'm over here. Like I'm a dead man. I'm a dead man. Yeah. Yep. We There's not much he can do. Uh, yeah. So don't, don't panic. Never panic. Um, 
it's probably going to be just fine. But yeah, we we ended up continuing the cruise, and I think Andy ended up joining us uh, uh, later because I think some of us went up to um, what's known around here as the Million Dollar Outhouse uh, or the Vista House uh, out in the yeah. Columbia <laughs> River Gorge, and we hung out there while we waited uh, for him to show back up, <clears throat> and uh, we continued on, and uh, all was well with the world. Tis true. Um, so yeah, that looks like looks like uh, time on this episode. So um, we're gonna uh, go through the the kind of usual stuff here. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, we are part of the part of the Tiny Dog Podcast Network. Um, you know the usual contact stuff. Check out the Instagram page this week. Um, Definitely. Know, so. Starting today, as this uh, airs, we'll be. Uh, Putting stuff up pretty much every day for the next few days uh, to kind of cover these bases. Um, and uh, so hit us up there, uh, you know, leave comments, direct messages. Uh, we we read them all. Um, also, Tiny Dog Podcast Network at Outlook.com is a direct contact. If there's uh, something you want us to cover as a topic, um you know, we can, we can do that. Uh, there are the other shows. There's just another side quest. It's a video game podcast. That's every other Thursday and, uh, loose spokes on Fridays, uh, for your dirt biking needs and, uh, the rest of it go to tinydogpodcast.com. It's got a gallery with all of our cars and all the details and all this stuff. Um, and, uh, keep an eye on, uh, this for the YouTube channel. Um, that is that is forthcoming hopefully middle to late this month um so uh do you guys have any other final thoughts to leave listeners with don't panic don't panic <laughs> don't panic stay inside stay safe stay inside stay safe make sure there's not a quarter of atf under your car yep. <laughs> and no one has your antenna yeah <laughs> And and with that, we will uh, bid you a good night. Good night, y'all. Tally ho! Thank you. Uh, no. Thank you for listening to the Garage Night podcast. A special thanks for Jeff Tracy and Annie Tamlin for joining the show this week. Until next week, keep turning wrenches. I'm leaving it in. Uh, <laughs> that's what she said. Every <laughs> week. <laughs> Welcome to the real garage night where we all can't get anything done. Yep. Well, welcome to the first ever garage night after hours. Um, after hours. <laughs> after after hours. hour wrenching with Randall, Jeff, and Andy. <laughs>